Welcome to episode 15 of Talk Commerce, where we talk about how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce. This week, we interview Ben Marks with Shopware. We discuss Shopware, Shopware, and Shopware. While talking about Shopware, we also discuss community and how it started in the Magento community. We explore open source and how Shopware is positioned in the open source community. We also pronounce Haifa in a different way. This episode was recorded on May 18th, 2021. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. This episode is sponsored by Magento Creative, partnering with the client to help fulfill their strategic growth, serving the world as an Adobe Gold partner and Big Commerce Elite partner. Magento the code of commerce. This episode is sponsored by eWay Corporation, the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise-level digital solutions, and AWS Select Consulting Partner, eWay Corporation, forward together. All right, welcome to this fantastic episode of Talk Commerce. Talk Commerce, 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 Commerce. I've been Marks here. Ben Marks with Shopware. Uh, ben, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, Ben Marks. I'm with Shopware. And Brent, you know, you can you can hire somebody to like do a nice little fancy fading intro. Oh. Wasn't, but hey, if you, if, you, if you listen to some of the other episodes, you'll see that the budget definitely fits the type of intros that I'm looking for. So I'm excited. Um, you're just lucky I that I had Derek Harlick sing our intro song once. Which wow. Is very good. Okay. Now I consider myself thankful that I got the, yeah, look uh, at the episode four. Episode it's very, four. It's very fun to watch. A new hope. Yes, it is the new hope. Uh, and Derek is a big Star Wars fan. So if you look at uh, the video version of it, there's Star Wars memorabilia all over the wall. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, he is a fan. Yes. All right. So let's get right down to brass tacks. Um, uh, we are here to talk about e-commerce, I think. I think, I hope. It's the, it's the only thing I'm good at. And, and, and that point is debatable. Um. <laughs> I think uh, I, I have no idea what you've done in the past. This is the first time we've met, but I, I, yeah. I think you're familiar with some of the e-commerce platforms out there. Um, and I'm interested to hear more about Shopware. Uh, yeah, yeah, familiar, uh, yeah. Um, familiar with many, fan of some. Um, no, really, they think, you know, I'd, I'd say a lot of the platforms out there, they're certainly the ones that have been successful, they they all have a they all have a purpose as a member of a of an ecosystem um, that helps people uh, sell things and helps people buy things. Um, so Shopware, where this fits in, if uh, for those who aren't familiar, um, Shopware is a uh, is a German company. So um, it it fits in nicely in that uh, if you think about the role that any kind of uh, open source um, or even open core software uh, fills in the e-commerce space. Uh, that's where Shopware comes in. Um, so there is a <clears throat> there there's several different flavors. There's the um, free as in beer, open source like community edition that you just download. You can get it from GitHub. You download it straight from the website, um, and uh, then that 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 starter pack, if you will, um, <clears throat> that is a basis for the other offerings. So there's a, there's a professional edition, which bundles in a little bit more functionality. And then there's an enterprise version that, that bundles in yet even more functionality. And then for the, um, for, a, for essentially someone starting out, uh, whether you're starting out at a, you know, just a truly aspirational level, or you're starting out and you want some of those professional Features both of those are available um, via via a SaaS offering, um, so a a, a Shopware hosted uh, cloud version. 
um, with um, you know some pretty pretty firm guardrails around you know what you can do. So you can you can modify the system and basically change out the theme for those, and you can um, add to the functionality using um, using integrations that are called apps. Um, <laughs> but um, the professional edition is available yeah, either in, in cloud or in a, a self-hosted or open hosted uh, format. All right. And so I, I, you, we all know that you used to be with Adobe and you helped build a fantastic community. And I think what I'm more interested in is how do we get back to that community? And do you think that community is going to exist in shopware? Well, I mean, I, I have to say, I, I tend to shy away from um, too much direct comparison. I mean, I, th I think it's, I think the comparison's warranted because, you know, because of that shared DNA, you know, PHP open source product, um, a lot of different offerings. It, it's, it's suitable for a lot of different people. So you can be, you can be down here at a, a smaller scale. And then you, you know, with shopware and you can grow all the way up to, and we have plenty of customers who are, um, who are there at that hundred, you know, hundred million plus, you know, annual revenue range. Um, <clears throat> so Magento, I think was famous for having fit into a lot of, into a lot of places, maybe even somewhere it shouldn't have, but um, that, that has everything to do with um, uh, timing Right, so the time the time was right when Magento came along. I mean, there had been this product, uh, product. There had, it wasn't really a product, but there was a, a platform before it called OS Commerce that that demonstrated the viability of of an open source e commerce platform and 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 one that could get a community around it. And then from that community, you derive all of this, um, you know, <clears throat> uh, like multiplicative value like self-reinforcing value so ecosystem comes around and if there's something that isn't there or missing you know the ecosystem builds it and you end up with integrations you end up with tech integrations you end up with really cool custom sites um i mean and all of that in combination with a, an effective marketing machine and you know i think you you end up with this with a with a product and a more importantly an ecosystem that becomes viable so um that's where that's where I see shopware um, <clears throat> as it exists today. It's, it's um, um, super popular um, it, and depending on the measurement predominant in Germany. Um, and then also has adoption in, you know, throughout the rest of the German speaking countries uh, and then into some, into the Netherlands um, and even some penetration up into the Nordics. And there's a good ecosystem that is around that. Right. And that's, um, that's critical to shopware success. I mean, uh, the ecosystem platforms are much, much more important for the for the non SaaS versions, the non closed softwares like Shopify. And what I part of the reason I'm with shopware is because um, is because I saw a potential um, as as you know I've kind of I kind of see Magento as heading way further up market, uh, which kind of which which I think fits with where it rests inside Adobe as um, uh, Adobe, Adobe digital experience is a, is an excellent, sweet, awesome, good time to print. Um, Adobe is, uh, is an Adobe digital experience is an excellent like set of set of solutions for, for really, really, especially big problems. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where I base that, that assumption that I, you know, Magento is going to just tend to head in that direction. Um, now, I think Magento has um, plenty of plenty of life left in it as, a, as an ecosystem and as an offering, uh, especially with um, the introduction of Hiva, which is um, a you know a, a front end developer experience um, initiative that kind of was born out of uh, a guy named uh, Willem Wigman in uh, in the Netherlands, and um, also kind of involving IntegerNet, which is a agency based in Germany. And I think from what I've seen so far, there's been a lot of, um, there's a lot of interest uh, in that, in that thing. And, I, and, and I'm bringing it up because it speaks to the kinds of things that, um, you know, the kind of space that I, I think Shopware occupies, which is like, 
if you can make it um, efficient enough to build something, then you end up with, you know, you end up with people being able to be in the business. You end up with all this money flowing around from like, you know, agency to the developers and then the merchants are benefiting and the, the plat, the, the related vendors come in, like all the tech vendors and payment methods and tax, tax calculation companies, all this, all these players all come together and you get all this, this exchange of value, um, you know, money, services, whatever, um, and it becomes, I think, really, really, you know, becomes this kind of self-reinforcing thing. And that's, that's what the opportunity is with Shopware. I think if, if we can get it in front of people around the world, because Shopware, uh, I think, has a, tends to have a, uh, uh, a shorter time to market. Like if, you, if you're building a solution, I think you can stand it up a little more quickly. Um, I also think that the, <clears throat> the level of, of development effort uh, to build something on Shopware is pretty low. I mean, is it is it like absolutely as turnkey as um, like Shopify? Well, um, I think if you're if you're comparing the SaaS versions, um, it 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 can be. the The question there is just what functionality do you need? But when it comes down to building like really uh, custom experiences, you know, custom custom themes, custom functionality. Uh, Shopware does pretty well, and we're we're doing some work right now um, to, um, you know, to test these assumptions to make sure that we're you know we're being forthright with with um, all the people that we want to use Shopware. Yeah, and I I I, I did meet both brothers at the Unconference in 2019, and now their yes. name escapes me at the moment. The, hum, the Hummen the, brothers, Stefan and Sebastian. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I was excited. I think Shopware 6 had just come out at the time. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting that they joined a Magento Unconference and even put up <laughs> a, um, they put up an issue or a, or a problem that they wanted to discuss. Um, so I think that that lends something to the, to the motivation behind their, their thought about community. And I, I am very interested in this sort of SaaS versus versus on-prem because I, I guess I, I can at some point in some ways I can see the difference in, in community or why somebody wouldn't get on board with Shopify or something like that, but they do get on board with with Shopware or Magento or uh, in that in that in that spirit of community, uh, yeah. but if you. I, I, there is something there that isn't there with Shopify, be it whatever you're at. And I, I don't know, I can't quite put my finger on it yet. Well, you know, I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm not deep into the, the Shopify ecosystem. I mean, there, there are, you know, I, we have, we all have friends in common. Um, a, a, an example that I can often cite. So, I mean, you've got, you've got your Karen Bakers of the world and, you know, Karen, who's going to, um, she, and with her, you know, under her leadership, the company, uh, Shipper HQ, um, you know, I think as members of any platform ecosystem, they're great because they're always going to like, they're, they have like, here's the standard they'll, you know, they have their standard for how they th- think things should be. Um, they, you know, are always trying to um, raise up the level of the, the the partner environment in which they are, and then I think most importantly will hold the platforms accountable for the things that they're saying and doing. If they say like, "Oh, we're we are X Y Z," they'll say, "Well, you know," they'll they'll examine everything you do and say, "Are you really that?" Um, so in the Shopify ecosystem, you know, I always I always look at things from an ecosystem angle just because of my history. But I, I think I think all the value for any shop system exists within its ecosystem. You know, I mean, ultimately, so Shopify as a product delivers a just a massive amount of of you know ease of startup value and de-risking of TCO for like an aspirational merchant. Um, and then, you know, as you get into any degree of customization, you're going to, you're, you're going to involve tech partners. You're going to involve agencies to customize the front end. And then it's a matter of like, how, how well are they enabled? What is, what is the, what is the prevailing cultural sort of, you know, set of ideals? Um, and, you know, and there, and there, it's just like any other ecosystem. It, it kind of depends on who you go with. So the 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 standout example for me is um, is the Taproom Agency, 
uh, uh, which is run by a, <clears throat> a woman named Kelly Vaughn. And if you don't know her, she, her, like her handle on Twitter is KV LLY. Um, so, um, yeah, Ms. Vaughn is, is, um, just someone I, I started following a while ago because, you know, I saw her very actively, you know, giving back to engaging with the ecosystem, both <laughs> in Shopify and then around development um you know because which she relates to as a developer and then um and then you know also as a, as a founder she she like she's building out in the open and i think it's just it's a fascinating example like me i'm not so inspired to build stuff because you know i'm just uh, i'm i i have the ideas but i definitely i tend to not go go i tend to not follow through on execution with things like you know What's the 10% of time? I mean, you, you know, you've been running an agency for a while and, and, you know, it was that 10% of time um, that you, that you and Susan have spent, like, you know, you just doing, just doing the overhead, like paperwork and all that other jazz. Um, so I think it's really fascinating to see all of this stuff happening. So there are great examples in the Shopify ecosystem, but if you look, if you, if you step back, I mean, part of this, part of what makes an open source product ecosystem really special and maybe kind of distinct is that there's this sense if it's done well that you know the the the, the members of the ecosystem they're looking around and they're like hey you know everything that we want this to be it's like like we have to make that i mean there may be people who come along or newcomers you know that come in but if that if it's a healthy ecosystem they're going to get a sense of those norms right away and realize, wow, it's not just enough to show up and do business with these tools. I need to invest <clears throat> where I can. I want to invest my, my time or partnership budget or you know whatever inputs I can have into that ecosystem because assuming that that in kind of um, investment is being met in kind around the ecosystem, then the whole thing raises up. I mean, I one one way to look at it, if 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 you're just a, a cold hard economics or uh, math type, is yeah, IDC did a study of like the Magento ecosystem back in 2017, I think, <clears throat> maybe even earlier, and they they found out that that you know the platform itself, so the platform itself was responsible at the time for like 155 billion in GMV. So like, you know, basically $155 billion worth of merchandise was flowing through Magento code base. Right. But then the, the IDC study was looking at how much is, is, is the, the economy, the service economy around the, the Magento ecosystem. And that, that was over 5 billion. Right. So you think about it, it's a tremendous flow of money, you know, in and around all these different vendors. And at the time, you know, Magenta's like was, you know, making, you know, had, had receipts of like a hundred and you know, approaching $200 million or something a year. Um, be my guess. And that's a pretty, it's <laughs> a really, really small bit you know, of that pie. And that's what I really, really like about shopware is it's, it's a similar thing where like our investments and where we're as, as I'm going out and making partnerships, uh, partner deals, you know, so to bring us to the U S and, and other places, you know, we take those partner dollars and invest them back in, back into the ecosystem, tell the partners, like, I'm not going, you know, I want to make sure that you have enough budget left to sponsor just these ad hoc ecosystem events. I mean, the, the, a, bi a big strength of a, an, open, um, an open platform is that ability to just meet chaos with chaos, right? So um, the, the completely unpredictable nature of like what needs to be built next, like what's the next cool thing that, that, that commerce is going to impress upon you know, the shopping public? no idea. Right. But, you know, if it's going to be discovered and if it's going to be, if it's going to be invented, if there's going to be some kind of um, ingenuity in that area, it's probably going to come out of open source world because, you know, the SaaS platforms, they've got to play to 
you know, they've got to play to their strengths. They got to play to their, the bulk of merchants. So when they release a feature, it's got to be somehow valuable for the bulk of, you know, this massive average merchant, um, which doesn't mean they can't do amazing things like Shopify getting into the logistic like fulfillment <laughs> business. That's, that's a baller move. And, you know, it's something that a smaller platform doesn't do directly, but I think, you know, SaaS, open source, you know, closed, open, hosted on-prem, whatever it is, like these things, all of these things are converging. Like SaaS wants to be way more flexible and the really flexible open solutions want to, want to um, provide the same kind of lower risk, more predictable uh, TCO for, uh, for merchants and agencies. So I think I just answered about five questions you didn't ask, but that's, well, you, you knew it was going to no, be like that when you got, no, that, that was great. Yeah. Just, just one comment on the, the uh, gross value of, of uh, that's going through Magento. It would be great to see a picture of that slide at Magento imagine that started back in 2011 <laughs> to see what that was and to see if they consistently measured it over time over the last whatever 10 imagines to see if that slide went up and they had the same gross value. I know this is completely off topic, but it would be still it would be interesting to see the dynamics inside of those events that Magento put on to see what that value was over time to see if it tracked consistently growing greater and greater. I'm sh- I'm I'm sure it did at some point cuz they they got bought for a lot of money. But that well, is I mean, I don't know. If you look at the purchase price and you figure you mean you you hear me talking about you know a 200 million dollar, you know, whatever it's is somewhere in that area. I don't know. I didn't have access to that information, but um you know, the, the Adobe purchase was basically, you know, 10 X revenue. Okay. Uh, that's, that's honestly not very exciting. Um, that's, 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 that's not, that's not atypical. And they literally, I mean, with it, I think it was like two days, (laughs) the stock price had gone up and they literally paid for the acquisition with just with, with the, the increase in stock price. Yeah. But that, that's like 10 X revenue of what Magento collects from their licensing fees. I was just talking about the amount of money that people were transacting through Magento. They always put that up as a big number that said, here's what it is. And it was a 1 billionaire. And then it's going to be, you know, know, well, it's, it's, it's an interesting point though, because it's certainly relevant for something like shopware, because that is, that is an important figure. Now, each of the payment vendors, they know, they tend to know, you know, most of the, the, the payment volume going through them. And so they can say, they can assign, um, they can assign some value to the partners. And, and that's why, you know, PayPal is a, was a great partner for, for Magento is a great partner for Magento and PayPal is a great partner for shopware. Um, because they have that, they have that, they have that perspective, but what we don't have is we don't have that total, that total TPV. I mean, any, any community edition site or any, any kind of site that is, that is um, not part of the cloud offering, it's hosted, you know, via the agency or the merchant team involved and they know what their receipts are. And, and uh, we don't, we only can make um, sort of inferential guesses about it. And, um, the, and that may be part of the attraction, but it's also, it, it is, it would be really nice to know because then we could, you know, we could, um, more reasonably value what the platform's doing. It's, it's a fundamental challenge of, of open source that we, you know, we don't have that necessarily have that direct relationship with everybody, but it's, it's the nature of the business. Yeah. So as I unpack, uh, as I unpack a little bit of what you said earlier, uh, your five answer to my one question, it it seems like the the reason for community around open source is the well the biggest one is is around the fact that somebody has a voice in what they're doing, and it's a voice that directly impacts the piece of software that's running not some external app that you can plug in or something like that. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I mean, so yes, I'd like to be clear that, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, and I think you're also probably not saying that that doesn't happen in like SaaS ecosystems. I mean, I'm sure, 
you know, Shopify doesn't get the success it has without listening to um, listening to its market, listening to its partners. Uh, and same for big commerce. Um, but yeah, it is it is the case that there is a sense of there is that sense of ownership and empowerment, ideally, that should exist in an open source um, open source commerce ecosystem um, or you know, open source product ecosystem because um, at you know open open source is uh, I'm saying this more and more these days like the most boring part about open source is the code right like the fact that it's open and you can contribute to it I mean that's really it's really interesting um, it can be really powerful but much more important is how the company conducts itself. I mean, Magento was actually quite lucky that there wasn't a suitable, like that the, the SaaS platforms were still, you know, trying to play catch up and that there was not a suitable, well-organized uh, company behind some other, some other open source platform, commerce platform, because, um, <clears throat> you know, if you remember in the early days of Magento, it's like, yeah, what was the, you, you could contribute. So this was back in, this was before Git even existed kids. Uh, and long before GitHub made, made code contribution, you know, open and collaborative, like, you know, for everyone. Um, so, you know, subversion repository. And if you wanted to, uh, it was always, it was read only for the public. And if you wanted to commit access, you had to send a fax to fax uh, a contributor license agreement to LA and then someone would, you know, who, who didn't really, who it wasn't their day-to-day job, but they would eventually process it. And then you could fold code in uh, maybe. Um, and, you know, that, that it was, it wasn't even really until uh, 2016, 2017 um, when the community engineering team was created um, that Magento really had, I would call a sufficient apparatus that like, like commensurate with its ecosystem size to, 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 to handle the contribution. It, but, but even still, there was a ton of contribution. I mean, it's a challenge of any, any open platform. If you're going to accept code contributions, if you're going to accept feedback, you're going to accept feature requests, like all of this stuff, you have to have someone, you know, you have to have someone whose priority, whose job it is to actually accept that to help, you know, groom it and, and, you know, get it into the company and then, and then like get back to the people and say like, Oh, this is what has come of your code contribution, your feedback, your feature request. Um, It is uh, it is, it is, no secret that that's probably the the most difficult thing is remembering to tell people even the good news like oh hey got your feature request like you know this was really important but we've got this done how often is that loop actually closed by by any company it you know i suspect it's not always and so we you know it's one thing to get yelled at for 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 being radio silent it's a whole other thing when you actually do all the work necessary to accept someone's contribution and then you just forget to tell them about it um wasted opportunity uh and and probably a mistake that will continue to be repeated as long as human beings are doing open source yeah and i I, I, you're right. Uh, that, that wasn't that long ago that they did go on to GitHub and made it accessible to everybody. Um, yeah. And I, I can now remember, I mean, thinking back, I can remember when that happened and, and that was, that was pretty exciting. Um, all right. So just, I'm going to just keep going back to the community thing here. Do, Do it. you think um, it, it has to be a combination of top down to bottom up? Like, so the community's there and they're embracing this and they're bringing it up to management. And certainly in the beginning, what Magento did right is they brought the community together. I remember going out in 2010 or something or way early in LA and kind of meeting with Yoav. And there was a, at that time, there was a bunch of French guys in the community. I don't know if you, you must remember that. And, um, and they, they really embraced the community. And it was, I don't know if that was, if that was strategic on their part. Um, yeah, well, no, it was, it was, I mean, uh, at least that that's apparent to me. They, you know, they realized the value 
of engaging with so you had you had um like philippe Meur and some others in france who were putting together bargento you know putting together like the first magento focus conference like this just happened um and you know and then germany and the netherlands also had meet magento kind of spring up um around the same time and so they they realized that their ecosystem was was you know it's it's i mean you know kind of like um I don't know, probably kind of like maybe it's dark. It's an unintentionally dark metaphor, but like black holes, like, like how, or how to, how do planets form? You know, you just have, you have like, like a whole bunch of dust, like just skimming around. And then all of a sudden, if enough of it gets close together, you get, you get critical, critical mass, you get gravity. And all of a sudden you get things coming together and you have these, these um, like uh, locusts that'll pop up everywhere and all of a sudden you've got like these little cultural anchors you have these little these these value-added drivers these multipliers of your effort of your and then all you have to do is like you home office get the marketing right you get the necessary you you make maybe help with some of the connections but you you know you engage with them you empower those people who are promoting your message and that's 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 really what it's all about and i think that's something that that um i know i've been around roy rubin at a number of conferences and seen his ability to capture and retain information and then recall it you know months later and be able to just like top of his head remember names remember what they were working on remember you know how old their cat is i don't know um and that is uh that's that's a it's a phenomenal skill you know um but it, it 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 speaks to um showing people that their story is important and and you know and more more than just like a, a parlor trick like I, I suspect that that was always the case. Um, you could always see the feedback happening and being processed in real time in the Magento, in the Magento blog and Magento forums. And, you know, and that's, and, and a sign of a healthy product, open source product company is just how completely um, immersed the entire company culture is into the ecosystem that supports it. Right. How much are the people inside the office, virtual or otherwise, how much are they thinking about the 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 end users? Right. Which for commerce is a little it's interesting because the end user is in some ways the customer is the agency, like in the developers implementing the customizations, like like adapting the core product to the merchant. And then of course there's the merchant themselves and their customers. So you have this kind of you have a, a couple of dimensions to consider, but like making sure that they're able to get their work done. That's um, that, that, and that when they have feedback, you are listening. And yeah, that's the, that's, that's part of the magic of what happened, I think in the early days um, in the early days with Magento. And that's something that I, I, I that resonated with me. Like when I visited uh, Shopware's community day in 2016 uh, and met, uh, met Sebastian and met the ecosystem and saw how you know warm and like and amped they were to do stuff and to participate like watch them watch the public be excited to meet the people you know behind the platform like that's a it's it's a really neat thing to see for for people to be proud of you know be be proud to be part of something that you build i think it makes as a as an employee it makes you even more proud of what you're doing and hopefully impresses the importance of what you're doing um on yourself and so now moving forward is your role similar to your previous role with shopware are you doing a lot more than uh, just evangelizing no yeah it's a lot it's a lot more um and 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 so my evangelism is is certainly less it is before it was, it was basically all, all of what I did. I mean, now evangelizing was, it was actually much less about like, you know, proselytizing, you know, a platform. It was a lot more about connecting with people and doing some of the things that I was just talking about. Like I was able to go out and be with the people, you know, building and using the, the platform and participating in the ecosystem and, um, help them help them have that touch, you know, to the to the home base, but then also, you know, uh, making sure that that um, that they're, you know, that w- what what was what was being created was was meaningful and, and matter and then introducing people to each other as well, making those um, 
those connections out in the ecosystem. So what I'm doing now is, you know, I, 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 like right now, there is not a sufficient, um, there's not a self-sustaining level of business for shopware outside of, you know, outside of like a core, you know, core group of countries in Europe. Um, that, however, will not be the case for long, right? If, if I'm doing my job well, then, you know, then, then you, you just, you start to see shopware stores popping up in different places than before. And you see businesses, <clears throat> excuse me, you see agencies doing this stuff. You see, um, uh, you see hosting companies getting involved. You see all of a sudden like shoppers listed all the same tech partners that you, that, you know, and just kind of out of nowhere, you, you know, got that, that accretion. And hopefully we get enough that we get, you know, we get that critical mass in, in several different markets and we will have, uh, we'll have self-sustaining business. And, and I'm excited about it because I think it's, I think, I think the world deserves shopware, um, you know, and, and whereas I see Magento kind of moving up, you know, I, I, you know, combined with the Magento one end of life, you know, there's a whole host of, um, of merchants out there, merchants and brands that need a new home. And for, for a lot of like the really early Magento one adopters that have just been there for so long, um, uh, you know, hope a lot of them roll off to, you know, roll off to probably like WooCommerce or Shopify or big commerce is something, something that hopefully can be a little bit more easily like self-sustaining for that, for that, you know, ultra small merchant. But for a lot of, a lot of the merchants that need some level of customization or in, integration, basically just, they need something that they're not going to get very easily uh, from a SaaS platform, then my goodness. Yeah hopefully we'll be, we'll be the, we'll be the thing for them. Why that's exciting is I think we stand a chance to create a lot of opportunity for people to, you know, to build businesses, you know, or at least add on to the lines of business that they have. And, um, and, and that will be a, that'll be a, like a, uh, like a, a springboard for whatever's happening next in in the land of, of, of custom, you know, custom e-commerce experiences, right? Because I'm pretty much convinced that, that development in three or four years time um, and, and, and also like the marketplace's attitude and perspective towards software, you know, it's going to be very, very different from where it is now. And I just want shopware to be in a position to, uh, to be part of that, um, to be part of that future, like to be able to help shape where things go. Because again, I think all the, I think all the innovation happens in the open source world. And, and I want, I want this industry to stay interesting and not be, you know, not be so cookie cutter. Yeah. And I, you, I, it's very exciting. Vinay is on board with shopware. Yisa, Yisa reads a lot of the people that the, the names that, that would ring true for Magento uh, they're doing both, and I think that lends, or or yeah, lends a, a big degree of favor towards shopware. I think it's exciting too that there's a SaaS platform available because I think the talk just briefly talking about those guardrails. Merchants need guardrails, just uh, like infants need a crib, um, <laughs> or a or a little playpen, or a puppy needs to have some restraints on what they're going to do. Uh, otherwise, they're going to run up and run around and chew chew up everything in their sight. Um, <laughs> and I think too the the idea of having a SaaS for somebody that that really all they would like to do is sell something and they want to just get it out the door. But then yeah. then then they've been introduced to something that can do everything, and yeah. they suddenly see somebody wanting or can doing something, and they want that. And I know for us, you know, we had uh, for a while, we had uh, Universal Music, which was a thousand stores with 1000 customers with an, with an artist manager who was told by the artist that I would like my store to do something. And I like this. And they didn't necessarily care if UMG would, was going to pay the bill for that or not. Yeah. All, they, all they did was give some 
VP pressure to get what they wanted. And if, yeah. the, if the answer was, yes, it can do this, then yes, I want that. I don't care how much it costs. And then the pressure on the agency is, well, yeah, we can build that, but that's going to be $60,000 or whatever the price is. And there, and you know, there's like not going to be return on their, on that for that. When they switched and, and just for full transparency, UMG bought a Shopify agency in Philadelphia. Huh. So anyways, the, huh. the idea then is, well, no, you can't do that. Here's what you can get. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what I can get. I'll take it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting use case and I mean, maybe the, the argument could be made just because you can customize something doesn't mean that you should, you do have to look at like the, the, the both the viability in the short term, or the, you know, the, the reason reasonableness of the short term and the viability is long-term. If you're, especially if you're trying to maintain, you know, what should be as a set of like a thousand, you know, homogenous instances, if you start coming up with any kind of deviation or exception there, I mean, forget it. That's, you know, um, <clears throat> yeah yeah i'm i'm glad uh, i'm glad i wasn't uh uh i think when i was in the agency world we weren't we never had a client that was so prone to uh you know whimsy um that's that's a that's a tough client to keep to keep satisfied but um you know i do i do think that when you know when when reasonable, um, you should build that that distinct, that um, uh, unique customer experience. Um, I mean, it's it's the the engagement from brand to consumer just continues to be, you know, at, at the one like like more and more personal, but also in a lot of ways, depending on your industry, can be really decentralized. And, um, you know, you, the touch, the touch may be from, you know, Facebook, Twitter, you know, anywhere in social media, uh, Snapchat, Instagram, um, and, and, you know, the, your touch, your, there's some touch there. There's, there's targeted ads in other contexts and, you know, that these ad campaigns can, can hit a prospective, uh, customer from, you know, several different angles and, or, you know, or even a repeat customer from several different angles. And then, you know, and then they just happen to hit at the right time in the right context with the right tone. Um, and, and these are, these are interesting problems to solve for. I mean, and this is why, you know, huge, huge, huge brands, you know, they, they want to solve this with, you know, really big, really connected data informed um, applications like, um, well, I mean, like that's, that's where like the Adobe digital experience prop value prop comes in, right? Because they have this, this huge stuff that has this capacity for intelligence, but you know, these are that kind of engagement and need to compete at that level. Um, you know, that, that exists for huge brands, but we will see some more of that kind of trickle down, you know, and, and I think part of the value prop for the, um, the SaaS platforms is they get all the data, Right. And they, they, and you know, they kind of own some of that relationship with the direct customer. I mean, there's obviously there's, there's, there's the value of like a unified payment solution. So like shop pay, right. You know, they get to make a lot of money off of that. They get to you know, get a lot of data off of that. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, but, but as they continue to do more and more business and, and learn more and more about how people use sites, about how people, you know, people's, you know, all the nuances of people's buying power and they're aggregating this by, you know, by the million every day, um, that's, that's a tough thing to compete with. So as, as that becomes better and better and like search results become more and more like perfect and, um, you know, the, the merchandising, you know, the, the, the tests and the dials and screws all become super refined for the SaaS players. The, um, it, the, the value prop that kind of tips the scales in their favor against the value prop of being able to build like a unique customer experience on over here. Um, because at the end of the day, it's about conversions and, um, and, and you know, how well you're making money, the money that you should make with the platform that you're on um, compared to another platform. And I'm going to go out on a limb on shopware. Um, and I, it's been, I think the last time I installed it on my local machine was mm. in shop was shopware five. So a couple of years ago. Yep. 
and it was very easy to stand up. Uh, and you know, I, I did, Derek Harlick and I gave a talk at Magento live in 2015. It was called Magento is easy. And we stood up Magento in 90 minutes and sold I stuff re- to the audience. It was fantastic. I was, it, I was there. I remember the whole thing around that is just to tell people that, that Magento isn't difficult. It's as difficult as you want it to be. And yeah. there was a magic in that. That was on Magento one, but there was a magic in that in that you could get something to market quickly. And the whole point was, let's launch this. Let's show them that you can have a store up and running in 90 minutes. Of course, you have to do some planning. You should have a logo and you should think about what you're doing. But the actual execution of getting it live doesn't take very long and you can sell stuff quickly. And I feel like Shopware is there now where you could, you could stand up a store and if somebody wanted something tomorrow, they could have a store running and operating and uh, a logo put into place. And then you can then iterate on that to your heart's content. And I think that's yeah. part of the magic. Well, that is all the magic in, well, certainly the magic in open source, yeah. uh, but in, in a platform that you have the ability to modify and make better on your own rather than relying on a SaaS somebody to do that for you. Yeah. And what I, I, so yeah, wholeheartedly agree. And what I really like about um, Shopware's position in this is that, you know, Shopware six was um, completely new code, like starting from zero new code version of the Shopware idea. So Shopware five, served its purpose it's still it's still um, out there plenty of people still running it the support scope runs through uh 2024 um but shopware 6 you know modern modern take on you know php commerce app built on symphony so right so you can the the startup is quick um, so yes, we have, we have a number of there, there are community created solutions out there. So you can, you know, you can use containers, um, get up and running super fast, check things out. Um, you can, you know, we also have ample documentation, uh, to get up and running. If you, you know, if you want to place shopware in, in your, your own stack of preference and, uh, and then any degree of customization, like, so customization is where you start to get into the, the TCO risks, right? So what, what, what causes TCO pain for a platform? I mean, there's, there's the, the OEM, there's the, the manufacturing vendor, right? How, how good, how solid are their releases? How well do their releases avoid um, regressions, right? Um, so that's, that's a little, that, that's like the thing that's out of your control as a, um, mostly out of your control as a, as a user of a platform. The, the next thing to consider is, okay, what is my customization scope? So I'm going to incorporate a number of like ecosystem apps. So widely available third-party apps, and hopefully the enablement for those teams is good. Um, the, you know, they, they make sure that they, that those vendors can keep, you know, are building well to start and then keeping things up to date. And then there's your local customization scope and your local customization scope is where your agency comes in or your in-house team and, you know, or even freelancers, you know, so that freelancing in the shopware ecosystem is still as viable. Um, so whoever's doing the development, like making sure that they're building well so that you don't have to deal with, you know, they're not editing the core and you, your, 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 um, your upgrade path is, is as smooth as possible. And then, and then the only other piece is making sure that you're with a capable host. And so on the whole, um, you know, I know anecdotally, and we're again, working on another TCO article to, to really dig into this, um, shopware should be cheaper to host and it should be cheaper to develop and it should be cheaper to maintain and cheap cheap has has like a a couple of dimensions in this realm cheap is you know in terms of the rates that are being charged and also the amount of time taken to to accomplish tasks and you know that's my assertion that's the that's the those are the stories that i'm hearing um, but I'm, but I am working to, to back this up with some numbers and come up with the caveats because there's always caveats. There's always going to be things that like, 
oh, well, if you need this, um, then, then probably you want, you know, this SaaS platform or you want, you know, this, this other self-hosted platform, whatever the case may be. Um, that's, I'm actually looking to have um, a, a proper industry level um, agreement on how to talk about TCO because I, I, TCO is just like uh, so often is used as snake oil in our business. Yeah. Sold as snake oil. All right. Well, we, we should have had an agenda I can see because we've gone far more than our 10 minutes of conversation that we were going to do. But uh, I, I have so many topics that we could explore uh, that I would like to talk about uh, in the future. So, um, but out of time today, I really appreciate you being here. I always give people to, to, a chance to do a shameless plug. If you'd like to do plug anything, it could be a, a restaurant in North Carolina or it could be shopware. I don't know. Um, but go ahead. Uh, shameless plug. Um, invest in yourself. Um, hopefully you have some time to make time. Um, it, it, it can be a bit of a privilege, but make sure you take time for yourself. Make sure you're paying attention to you know people who aren't necessarily in the exact same biz as you on social media, um, people who uh, may not look like you, like whatever, whatever differences you can find, make sure you're adding those voices to whatever you do. You'll find that is a, is a, is a, is a real quick way to learn a lot about uh, a lot about a lot of things and become a better human being. That is the best shameless plug that I've ever heard in my entire life. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, Ben Marks, thank you. And we'll, we'll definitely have to do this again. I'd love to Brent. I uh, give my best to Susan and the pooch. Will do. All right. With gentle creative partnering with the client to help fulfill their strategic growth, serving the world as an Adobe gold partner and big commerce elite partner. With the code of commerce. This episode has been sponsored by the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise-level digital solutions, an AWS Select Consulting Partner, eWay Corporation, forward together. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.